Chapter 1, Section 2 of Capital, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Carl Manchester, 2007. With Italian by Ricardo. Capital, Volume 1, by Karl Marx. Chapter 1, Section 2. The Twofold Character of the Labour Embodied in Commodities. At first sight, a commodity presented itself to us as a complex of two things, use-value and exchange-value. Later on, we saw also that labour too possesses the same twofold nature, for, so far as it finds expression in value, it does not possess the same characteristics that belong to it as a creator of use-values. I was the first to point out and to examine critically this twofold nature of the labour contained in commodities. As this point is the pivot on which a clear comprehension of political economy turns, we must go more into detail. Let us take two commodities, such as a coat and ten yards of linen, and let the former be double the value of the latter, so that if ten yards of linen equals W, the coat equals 2W. The coat is a use value that satisfies a particular want. Its existence is the result of a special sort of productive activity the nature of which is determined by its aim, mode of operation, subject, means and result. The labour, whose utility is thus represented by the value in use of its product, or which manifests itself by making its product a use value, we call useful labour. In this connection we consider only its useful effect. As the coat and the linen are two qualitatively different use values, so also are the two forms of labour that produce them tailoring and weaving. Were these two objects not qualitatively different, not produced respectively by labour of different quality, they could not stand to each other in the relation of commodities. Coats are not exchanged for coats. One use value is not exchanged for another of the same kind. To all the different varieties of values in use, there correspond as many different kinds of useful labour, classified according to the order genus, species and variety to which they belong in the social division of labour. This division of labour is a necessary condition for the production of commodities, but it does not follow, conversely, that the production of commodities is a necessary condition for the division of labour. In the primitive Indian community there is social division of labour without production of commodities, or, to take an example nearer home, in every factory the labour is divided according to a system, but this division is not brought about by the operatives mutually exchanging their individual products. Only such products can become commodities with regard to each other as result from different kinds of labour, each kind being carried on independently and for the account of private individuals. To resume then, in the use value of each commodity there is contained useful labour, i.e. productive activity of a definite kind and exercised with a definite aim. Use values cannot confront each other as commodities unless the useful labour embodied in them is qualitatively different in each of them. In a community, the produce of which in general takes the form of commodities, i.e. in a community of commodity producers, this qualitative difference between the useful forms of labour that are carried on independently by individual producers, each on their own account, develops into a complex system, a social division of labour. Anyhow, 
whether the coat be worn by the tailor or by his customer in either case it operates as a use value nor is the relation between the coat and the labour that produced it altered by the circumstance that tailoring may have become a special trade an independent branch of the social division of labour wherever the want of clothing forced them to it the human race made clothes for thousands of years without a single man becoming a tailor but coats and linen like every other element of material wealth that is not the spontaneous produce of nature must invariably owe their existence to a special productive activity exercised with a definite aim an activity that appropriates particular nature-given materials to particular human wants so far therefore as labour is a creator of use value is useful labour it is a necessary condition independent of all forms of society for the existence of the human race it is an eternal nature imposed necessity without which there can be no material exchanges between man and nature and therefore no life the use values coat linen etc i e the bodies of commodities are combinations of two elements matter and labour if we take away the useful labour expended upon them a material substratum is always left which is furnished by nature without the help of man the latter can only work as nature does that is by changing the form of matter footnote tutti i fenomeni dell'universo sieno essi prodotti dalla mano dell'uomo ovvero dalle universali leggi della fisica non ci danno idea di attuale creazione ma unicamente di una modificazione della materia accostare e separare sono gli unici elementi che l'ingegno umano ritrova analizzando l'idea della riproduzione e tanto è riproduzione di valore value in use although very in this passage of his controversy with the physiocrats is not himself quite certain of the kind of value he is speaking of e di ricchezza se la terra l'aria e l'acqua ne campi si trasmutino in grano come se con la mano dell'uomo il glutine di un insetto si trasmuti in velluto ovvero alcuni pezzetti di metallo si organizzino a formare una ripetizione pietro veri meditazione sulla economia politica first printed in 1773 in custodi's edition of the italian economists parte moderna End footnote. nay more in this work of changing the form he is constantly helped by natural forces we see then that labour is not the only source of material wealth, of use values produced by labour. As William Petty puts it, labour is its father and the earth its mother. Let us now pass from the commodity considered as a use value to the value of commodities. By our assumption, the coat is worth twice as much as the linen, but this is a mere quantitative difference, which for the present does not concern us. We bear in mind, however, that if the value of the coat is double that of ten yards of linen, twenty yards of linen must have the same value as one coat. So far as they are values, the coat and the linen are things of a like substance, objective expressions of essentially identical labour. 
but tailoring and weaving are qualitatively different kinds of labour. There are, however, states of society in which one and the same man does tailoring and weaving alternately, in which case these two forms of labour are mere modifications of the labour of the same individual, and not special and fixed functions of different persons, just as the coat which our tailor makes one day and the trousers which he makes another day imply only a variation in the labour of one and the same individual. Moreover, we see at a glance that, in our capitalist society, a given portion of human labour is, in accordance with the varying demand, at one time supplied in the form of tailoring, at another in the form of weaving. This change may possibly not take place without friction, but take place it must. Productive activity, if we leave out of sight its special form, viz. the useful character of the labour, is nothing but the expenditure of human labour power. Tailoring and weaving, though qualitatively different productive activities, are each a productive expenditure of human brains, nerves and muscles, and in this sense are human labour. They are but two different modes of expending human labour power. Of course, this labour power, which remains the same under all its modifications, must have attained a certain pitch of development before it can be expended in a multiplicity of modes. But the value of a commodity represents human labour in the abstract, the expenditure of human labour in general. And just as in society a general or a banker plays a great part, but mere man, on the other hand, a very shabby part, footnote, compare Hegel, Philosophie des Rechts, Berlin, 1840, End footnote. So here with mere human labour. It is the expenditure of simple labour power, i.e. of the labour power which, on average, apart from any special development, exists in the organism of every human individual. Simple average labour, it is true, varies in character in different countries and at different times, but in a particular society it is given. Skilled labour counts only as simple labour intensified, or rather as multiplied simple labour, a given quantity of skilled being considered equal to a greater quantity of simple labour. Experience shows that this reduction is constantly being made. A commodity may be the product of the most skilled labour, but its value, by equating it to the product of simple unskilled labour, represents a definite quantity of the latter labour alone. Footnote the reader must note that we are not speaking here of the wages or value that the labourer gets for a given labour time, but of the value of the commodity in which that labour time is materialised. Wages is a category that, as yet, has no existence at the present stage of our investigation. End footnote. The different proportions in which different sorts of labour are reduced to unskilled labour as their standard are established by a social process that goes on behind the backs of the producers and consequently appears to be fixed by custom. For simplicity's sake, we shall henceforth account every kind of labour to be unskilled, simple labour. By this, we do no more than save ourselves the trouble of making the reduction. Just as, therefore, in viewing the coat and linen as values, we abstract from their different use values, so it is with the labour represented by those values. We disregard the difference between its useful forms, weaving and tailoring. As the use values, coat and linen are combinations of special productive activities with cloth and yarn. 
while the values coat and linen are, on the other hand, mere homogeneous congelations of undifferentiated labour. So the labour embodied in these latter values does not count by virtue of its productive relation to cloth and yarn, but only as being expenditure of human labour power. Tailoring and weaving are necessary factors in the creation of the use values coat and linen, precisely because these two kinds of labour are of different qualities, but only in so far as abstraction is made from their special qualities, only in so far as both possess the same quality of being human labour, do tailoring and weaving form the substance of the values of the same articles. Coats and linen, however, are not merely values, but values of definite magnitude, and according to our assumption, the coat is worth twice as much as the ten yards of linen. Whence this difference in their values? It is owing to the fact that the linen contains only half as much labour as the coat, and consequently, that in the production of the latter, labour power must have been expended during twice the time necessary for the production of the former. While, therefore, with reference to use value, the labour contained in a commodity counts only qualitatively, with reference to value it counts only quantitatively, and must first be reduced to human labour pure and simple. In the former case, it is a question of how and what. In the latter, of how much, how long a time. Since the magnitude of the value of a commodity represents only the quantity of labour embodied in it, it follows that all commodities, when taken in certain proportions, must be equal in value. If the productive power of all the different sorts of useful labour required for the production of a coat remains unchanged, the sum of the values of the coats produced increases with their number. If one coat represents X days labour, two coats represents two X days labour, and so on. But assume that the duration of the labour necessary for the production of a coat becomes doubled or halved. In the first case, one coat is worth as much as two coats were before. In the second case, two coats are only worth as much as one was before although in both cases one coat renders the same service as before, and the useful labour embodied in it remains of the same quality, but the quantity of labour spent on its production has altered. An increase in the quantity of use values is an increase of material wealth. With two coats two men can be clothed, with one coat only one man. Nevertheless, an increased quantity of material wealth may correspond to a simultaneous fall in the magnitude of its value. This antagonistic movement has its origin in the twofold character of labour. Productive power has reference, of course, only to labour of some useful concrete form, the efficacy of any special productive activity during a given time being dependent on its productiveness. Useful labour becomes, therefore, a more or less abundant source of products, in proportion to the rise or fall of its productiveness. On the other hand, no change in this productiveness affects the labour represented by value. Since productive power is an attribute of the concrete useful forms of labour, of course it can no longer have any bearing on that labour, so soon as we make abstraction from those concrete useful forms. However then productive power may vary, the same labour exercised during equal periods of time always yields equal amounts of value. But it will yield, during equal periods of time, different quantities of values in use, more if the productive power rise, fewer if it fall. 
The same change in productive power which increases the fruitfulness of labour and, in consequence, the quantity of use values produced by that labour will diminish the total value of this increased quantity of use values, provided such change shorten the total labour time necessary for their production, and vice versa. On the other hand, all labour is, speaking physiologically, an expenditure of human labour power. And in the character of identical abstract human labour, it creates and forms the values of commodities. On the other hand, all labour is the expenditure of human labour power in a special form and with a definite aim, and in this, its character of concrete useful labour, it produces use values. Footnote. In order to prove that labour alone is that all-sufficient and real measure by which at all times the value of all commodities can be estimated and compared, Adam Smith says, quote, Equal quantities of labour must at all times and in all places have the same value for the labourer. In his normal state of health, strength and activity, and with the average degree of skill that he may possess, he must always give up the same proportion of his rest, his freedom and his happiness. End quote. Wealth of Nations, Book 1, Chapter 5. On the one hand, Adam Smith here, but not everywhere, confuses the determination of value by the means of quantity of labour expended in the production of commodities with the determination of the values of commodities by means of the value of labour, and seeks in consequence to prove that equal quantities of labour have always the same value. On the other hand, he has a presentiment that labour, so far as it manifests itself in the value of commodities, counts only as expenditure of labour power, but he treats this expenditure as the mere sacrifice of rest, freedom and happiness, not as at the same time the normal activity of living beings. But then he has the modern wage labourer in his eye. Much more aptly, the anonymous predecessor of Adam Smith, quoted above in note 1, page 39, says, quote, one man has employed himself a week in providing this necessary of life, and he that gives him some other in exchange cannot make a better estimate of what is a proper equivalent than by computing what cost him just as much labour and time, which in effect is no more than exchanging one man's labour in one thing for a time certain for another man's labour in another thing for the same time. End quote. Editorial note. The English language has the advantage of possessing different words for the two aspects of labour here considered. The labour which creates use value and counts qualitatively is work as distinguished from labour. That which creates value and counts quantitatively is labour as distinguished from work. Engels End editorial note End footnote End of chapter 1, section 2